This is episode five of the Ask Dad Labs podcast, recorded on April 1st, 2021. It's simple. You ask questions and dads answer. When we need actual answers, we find the experts. Today, we have Clay from Austin, Texas. He has three kids, one in high school, one in college, and one in the Coast Guard. And we have Nick from Louisville, Kentucky. He has two kids, age six and 13. And I'm Ben, and I'm in the Detroit River, just south of Detroit, Michigan, and my boys are 11 and 12. Let's get to the show. So, you know, once again, our, our town has this big festival, and uh, we have this, this weird competition. Um, it's called the hat, Tightest Hat Competition. And, and this year, I'm really just hoping that I can pull it off. Ben. Wow. We are your friends. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're here because we love you we think it's important <laughs> to talk to you about these jokes <laughs> i mean there are dad jokes and there are bad dad jokes and neither of those are what we are experiencing <laughs> <laughs> So where where are you guys at on the COVID vaccine? I know for I for us, we've registered the the county is vaccinating everybody at Ford Field where the the Tigers normally lose football games, or not mm-hmm. the Tigers, the Lions normally lose their football Lions. games there. Lions Tigers. But but so uh, you know it, they they do say that they're organized like like a military vaccination line. So they get you in, they they get you stuck, and and you move. But the the getting signed up for it is you're just not sure when it's going to happen. And, and that's another, that's 45 minutes away from me. So it's, it's probably a two, three hour commitment for me to go do that. Um, so I'm just waiting for that text to come back around that says it's time, but how's everybody else doing with those? I am half huggable. I get my second shot on Monday. So 10 days after that, I will be huggable. I got on a waiting list. I'm not even eligible yet, but the university has a waiting list for what they call no call, no shows. So basically so that a vaccine dose does not go to waste. If you're on this list, they will call you and then you have 30 to 40 minutes to get down there to get your first dose. And then they go ahead and schedule you for the next dose. I got on that list and thinking, I'll just get on it. They're never going to call me before I'm eligible and I get it through whatever else. Three days later, they called me. I was like, hell yeah, I'll be down there in 10 minutes. I'm not far. And that was awesome. I was not expecting that at all. It was all drive through, fill out a form, get stuck, sit there for 10 minutes to make sure you're not having any crazy reactions. Came home. No big deal. My wife has gotten her first dose through her job. Uh, she works for the water company in the city. And she got COVID arm, which is where you get this weird red patch on your arm like 10 days after you you get the shot it's it's no reaction or anything like that until this just shows up and it it kind of looks like a rash but it's just this red patch of skin Hmm. and it's hot like it's dramatically different in the temperature between that patch of red and the rest of her arm it is bizarre and it's it's doesn't hurt her or anything. It's not uncomfortable or anything. It's just this weird little reaction. So she went online and looked and then found out it's really common. 
but we're both uh, all hers is i think next friday her second dose and mine is on monday uh, i'm i'm looking forward to it to be able i can't wait to go up to indianapolis i got some friends up in indianapolis that have helped me with the laser cutting stuff and just give them gigantic hugs you know gigantic awkward man hugs yeah clay how, how's vaccination going for you well uh, pretty well. Like on my list of people that I was concerned was my parents, my in-laws, my wife and I, and, my, and our three kids. And so, you know, the the kind of order of operations was that my mom was the first. She's uh, 80. And, you know, her cardiologist actually um, got her an appointment. And I was worried about my dad. Um, so I had to pastor. I was pastoring him in the early days. I was like, And I should back up and say the first person in our family that got vaccinated was my son who's in the Coast Guard through there because he was going underway, you know, so he was one of the first in the country to get immunized. So he he got his vaccines and I was like, check one down. Okay, everybody else. Here we go. And, you know, my mom kind of took care of it through a cardiologist. My father in law, (laughs) bless his heart. It's a bit of a crusty New Englander. And he was frustrated with how the rollout was going. And so he personally continuously <laughs> wrote emails to like the head of the local hospital. And I mean, he was writing, he, just, he wrote letters of complaint of how things are going. And finally, you know, he gets a phone call and it's like the president of the hospital system saying, Mr. Carey, I appreciate that you've written me this letter. I would like these letters. I would like to invite you and your wife to be part of the pilot program that we're running at the hospital um, to be the f- among the first 20 people on Cape Cod to be immunized. Please show up at this time. And, you know, Massachusetts early on, they kind of blew it. Like they were, they, they really were one of the slowest to roll out. So my father-in-law handled that. Now I got to deal with my dad. <laughs> my dad. We had a, uh, we had a lacrosse game last night. This is the progress that we've had in, in COVID here in Texas. It was a cold night. It was probably 45, 50 degrees, breezy. Great, great night of lacrosse. Uh, my mom and dad, because they've been immunized, came out. Dad is wearing shorts. I was like, Dad, it's it's 40. What do you he's like, my legs don't get cold. Dad. You, okay. It's it's freezing cold. You need to have on pants. He's like, well, my legs aren't cold. My top part's pretty cold right now. My legs aren't cold. <laughs> Dad. So I was worried a little bit about him. So I like really had to kind of ride him. And he was like, well, you know, I, I, I put myself on a list. Where are you on the list? Well, my friend Larry's got a pharmacy in Marble Falls. <laughs> and I'm like number five on the list. I was like, dad, where do you think Larry's pharmacy falls in the hierarchy of places that are getting vaccines? Anyway, so finally he got on board. He he got vaccine. So I've got the parents all taken care of. Kim, because she's a teacher, was able to get um, vaccines in Texas. Um, so she's now fully vaccinated to, to um, both shots. Uh, Texas opened up for 50-year-olds. I, I now, I had my first 
Pfizer vaccine shot. I had my second one on Monday and I have to say it kicked my butthole. I mean, I got that second shot and in the afternoon and woke up at four in the morning with chills and fever. And, you know, like I don't get sick very often. I was like, what is happening? And I was, I felt pretty bad the next day, Tuesday. I felt fine. It's still worth it. Go get your vaccine. So uh, my wife worked hard um, once they opened it up to 16 year old plus. And so I took my youngest son, Cooper, to get his first vaccine just yesterday. And that's really exciting because, man, that Pfizer vaccine is, is shown to be so effective with that, like 100% effective in that adolescent age group. And he's just yep. 16. And the big outlier, the thing that was making me terrified is a lot of these New England states, my daughter is a college student in Connecticut. A lot of New England states were saying that college students from out of state were not going to be eligible for vaccination, that they were only going to vaccinate in-state young people. And that made me really frustrated, angry. I put up some angry Facebook posts, like what kind of craziness is this? It's in your own interest, Northeastern states to vaccinate the kids that are resident there. And there are lots of colleges there. Yeah, lots of colleges. Well, That's Connecticut reversed themselves. They announced this early on. They reversed themselves and said, yes, we're going to immunize college kids. And I challenged my daughter. I said, look, she's a, she's an athlete. She plays on a field hockey team. I was like, get the teammates together. You need to get all those girls immunized and you need to do it as a group, make it a party. And you guys sit around and hit those sites and hit refresh and do whatever you have to do and stay up all night, whatever, make it a game, drink some white claw, you know? (laughs) And sure enough, uh, you know, on one of the rare occasions, they take my advice that my daughter and her teammates sat around and, and in, a, in a beautiful example of kids actually adulting, trying to navigate this incredibly weird system that we've developed for this thing. She got on the CVS site and figured it out and hit refresh and she got herself an appointment for Easter Sunday. <laughs> I mean, how beautiful is that? Yeah. So Sunday, as of Sunday, my whole worry group, my whole worry group will have at least one shot. There you go. And two weeks from then, that whole worry group will be immunized. And just a year, a year of having that whole bunch on my mind every day. Yeah. You know, will finally come to you some kind of conclusion. Well, you reminded me, my, my folks just turned 70. Um, my mom just turned 70 in, in February and dad last year. And so they've, they've been eligible, but it's been really difficult for them to get the vaccination in the County they were in. They're in the County North of Columbus, Ohio and Delaware County. And they were having a hard time getting on a list there, but somebody in their condo group, they they live in a condo association. That's all elderly people. And somebody in the condo group that they play pinochle with said, I just got my vaccination down in Columbus. God, and I was, mean, and is everybody, there anything more wholesome than old people playing exactly, pinochle? Exactly, exactly. I, mean, I, I bet was it was like, actually strip That was almost but, too much wholesome for one <laughs> story. I'm pretty sure they were playing strip poker and they just wanted to, they're cleaning <laughs> right. it up. Anyway, they, uh, 
so they they say that uh, this this woman she so everybody you can imagine all these people you know how'd you get it how'd you get it because they're supposed to stay in their counties and she said well I'll give you the phone number and so mom and dad started calling the phone number and so mom I, I don't think it took more than once she she said they they called it and nobody they they just answered the phone and said something like hello and and mom said you know I I hear I can register to get the vaccine. And they said, yes, let me have your number. And then, and then she says, is there anything else I can do for you? And mom says, well, my husband, he's with me. He's a year older than me. Can, can he get it too? And, and she's like, okay, yeah, I'll write it down. And so they don't know who they called, but they were given a date and a time to show up at the Schottenstein Center at Ohio State. And they got in the line in their cars. And I think it was a drive through thing. So you drove your car through, you got the shot stayed in your car and, uh, and just waited in your car. But so they did the two shots at the Schottenstein center. They weren't supposed to be able to go there and they still don't know what health organization allowed them to do it. So it's like, but this is a huge, I mean, it's, you know, it's a huge arena and there are all sorts of people getting vac- you know, getting vaccinated there. Or so, getting shots there, whether or not they're getting vaccinated, you don't know yet. Well, <laughs> well, but it's, you know, it's a big public thing that the health department's yeah. running along with the hospital systems and all this. But yeah. there are so many organizations involved that they have no idea who they called. You know, it was probably just some lady sitting at a, at a, at a desk who had like a back door into the, into the, the scheduling system or something. Yeah. But so they got, they got scheduled that way. And it's like my parents doing this here. They go from playing pinochle with their neighbors, you know probably drinking drinking Kool-Aid or uh you know ginger ale, sarsaparilla the and black that, market vaccines. Eating triscuits. Yeah, to to <laughs> you know black market black market uh vaccinations. So that's it. Nice. But of course this is this is my mother who uh likes to go around and tell everybody that she got out of prison when she retired, so cuz right. she she Thank taught her. in prison, so. Nice. <laughs> so black market's probably about the right way to get a vaccination nice. for her. Nice. Yeah, well, she's absolutely. comfortable at work, moving in those kind of that's right spaces. semi re, semi related we haven't been sick all you know for a year and i chalk that up 100 percent to the kids have not been to school mm-hmm. the girl started kindergarten in person two days a week um and she has been three days and then this week has been spring break but yeah. She'd been three days. And two days after that third day, she's like, My throat hurts. I got a scratchy throat. And she felt miserable for, I mean, an evening. It wasn't long, but it was evening and a little, she felt a little bad the next day. She complained a little bit. And then the next day, Alice was sick. And then the next day, her brother kind of, like my throat doesn't feel good so three days in-person school one child everybody got sick not bad again it was you know every for everybody it was a six to eight hour cold was nothing but still i have not missed that that we haven't had that for a year and and it's amazing how much you realize that that we still have you know we have a whole box of dayquil (laughs) (laughs) How do we have a whole box of Dayquil and a whole bottle of children's Tylenol that we haven't used all year? But do you remember a year ago 
Because a year ago, I was playing this game every single day, and I called it Allergies or COVID. (laughs) Right? Right. Because this tree pollen puts me under no matter what, you know, for years. You know, probably since I was 25. And, shoot, it, it was probably affecting me in high school. I just didn't realize it. But, you know, last year it like took that game of avoiding pollen and, and allergens up a notch because I was, I was doing stuff with the public. I was doing food delivery mm-hmm. and you do not want to look like you're sick, which when you have <laughs> allergies, you just look like you're sick. Your eyes swell yep. up. You get, yep. you know, no, you do not want to look like that when you're trying to make money delivering food. Yep. And, uh, and so I was doing my best, but that was always in the back of my mind. And I think half of the stress of my life at that time was, did I get it? You know, did I get it? Am I going to bring it home? Or are these the allergies that I've had this whole time? Cause we're still in that stupid meth state where (laughs) you can't buy decent allergy drugs to make that go away. And it got even worse when you couldn't see when you couldn't see a doctor for a prescription. And so, so I'm just so glad we're beyond that state now that very soon we're going to be able to go back and do that. Maybe I I doubt we don't have meth. I doubt that we've gotten rid of meth in this last year. God, let's hope so. But (laughs) you know, it's, uh, I, I don't want, I don't ever want to experience that fearful that my allergies are actually something much worse that could kill my family. Yep. I, yeah. I can't imagine. I, I, we, we never had that, you know, a, a, an episode where like, Oh crap, do I have it? Oh crap. I mean, I worried about it every time I, I would go out. I mean, I always masked up and everything and had the hand sanitizer in the car and all that stuff. But every time I went out, like the next day, I'm like, am I okay? Can I smell that? You know? <laughs> so yeah, it, 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 it was, I can't imagine it's, I, I don't have allergies a whole that are very bad, but also we didn't go out even during the summer last year. I think we maybe used the pool 10 times or let me say that I used the pool maybe 10 times. The kids probably used it five. Oh, we, wow. we just did not go out and we didn't have, you know, their buddies over very often. And, you know, we kind of consider them part of our bubble, but we don't know what's going on at their house, you know? So I was real nervous last year about it, but now since we've made it a year and nobody got sick and nobody got COVID uh, of their family and and us, uh, I'm, I'm much more, you know, Hey, you can go over there, you can go in and you can go play games. Cause we made them go out over there and like, they had to play if they played video games, they had to play on the porch. They they would play board games and stuff on the porch. We were just too nervous, or I was just too nervous to let them go in the house and wouldn't let their kids come in our house. Um, even though we, you know, kind of trust them for the most part. But yeah, we just well, didn't go outside the house. We stayed in the house. One of the things that Really, the, the, this is really just a gift that the COVID year has given me is I can take the earpiece of this, these glasses and stick it up my nose and to my brain. This pen, I could stick <laughs> it up to my nose, to my brain. Any, you've got any object, really, I could stick it up my nose and to my brain because I lived in a community where we were required to test twice a week for a year. 
So there's a testing tent on campus. We had to go up there. You know, I had to go every Tuesday and Friday and, and you could choose whether you wanted to have the thing shoved up your nose into your brain and, or you could simply have a swab done of your throat. And of course, 90% of the people would choose to do have their throat swab. In the community, there would be lines of people waiting to get their tests done. And of course, nine, I was not part of the 90% because here's the thing. When you rub a swab on my throat, I make a shouting, vomiting sound that's actually, I mean, it could split stones. Like I could cause an avalanche with my gag reflex. Like it's the most powerful guttural sound. I won't because I've I've got a I've got a microphone here close. It's something like that would happen every time they put the thing in my throat. So this wasn't because there's like students and people in the line like it cannot do this scream <laughs> gag every time so i had and so you know you would go and i would sit down and they would say uh, throat i was like no nose they're like really <laughs> yes scream gag guy and they would be like oh, okay yeah. <laughs> fine and they would just <laughs> <my nose. laughs> would you like a tissue sir yes <laughs> Well, and the nice thing we, we had constant surveillance. We never, I never had to have that moment where I didn't know. And and now you have a better party trick, you know, throat swab, you know, big deal. Some I don't to do that. Yeah, I can but just now walk you can, around with stuff hanging out of my nose. And yeah, just, you got the party trick. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> You've got your Vegas act ready to go. Everybody and, wants to see that. And I'm I'm really glad they didn't give you the option of the anal swab. I think everybody's <laughs> glad of that. Yeah, because this would be a very different story. Uh, <laughs> that they might do be. Say a, it's, they do a, say it's more reliable. Well, but I imagine that sound would be very similar, maybe louder even. Would be for me. <laughs> well, so man, so, I have okay. I have just like taken all the conversations and just mucked them up tonight, haven't I? <laughs> I'm sorry. God, I got to get out more. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm we'll feral. Start... I'm, I don't know how to be around people. I'm feral. I don't know. <laughs> what What could possibly be inappropriate about anal swabbing? Because <laughs> <laughs> nobody else brought it up. That's right. I was nobody thinking else... it, to be fair. But, you know, we'd, we'd start talking about, like, the <laughs> balloons they have at Dollar Tree. And, and Nick would say, oh, man, I love to go in and pop all those. Big, gigantic. <laughs> it's been decided. It, it has been determined that Nicks are assholes. That's just, you know, it's like cats. It's just, it's, it's a well-known fact. So, you know. Uh, you work hard for it, though. I do. I do. <laughs> man. <laughs> But seriously, I, I got to look for a job now, you know, I, by the grace of God, you know, all of our bills are paid and unemployment has come through and, and, and worked like it's supposed to. I mean, it, it's not like I am taking advantage or gaming the system in any way, shape or form. My shoulder is getting better, but I got to get a job now. And, 
getting going through the job application process and the interviews and all of that after not having done that for 10 years and, and been at, been at one career job uh, location for 18 doing that at 48 is fucked up. But then also when you've had a year of not being in an office or a shop or anything, you know, being at home with a 13 year old and a six year old, um, and your wife. And those are the people that you speak to and the only people you really talk to for any amount of physical interaction for a year. And I got to go be like with other people now. And that's, I'm terrified at all that. You will kill it. Have you thought about getting a job at maybe a university or a school? Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. But they still don't have any events going on yet. So, so yeah. let's just solve this real quick. We're going to put Nick's LinkedIn in the episode notes. <laughs> and so we right? need to find Nick a job. Oh, great. Now I got to get a LinkedIn. Get off my lawn. Well, that's the problem. I know. God, everything is online. <laughs> and it's really irritating on some of these job applications that are so, online. Well, but some of these the, these application processes, yeah, you have to go through and you put in all of your history and everything. Right. And then they want your resume. No, I just typed in my resume into all of this crap. Either you get this already produced PDF that I don't have to type or you get that. Come on. I did fill out one the other day that was very, very, very straightforward. Four or five things about where you are and what job you're applying for. And, you know, put your cover letter here. You know, you don't even have to do a cover letter. It was, you tell us here why we should hire you and give us your PDF resume. So that one was really nice. I haven't heard from them yet, but that was part-time and I really want that one. But, you know, like I said, it's just messed up searching for a job when you're 48 after you've had a long career in one position, you have one location. Yeah. And you've had a year of pandemic isolation. It's just insane. Um, plus, yeah, yeah. you have to find something that's going to work with the mucked up situation with school with the kids only going two days a week. And they're only going to do that for two months and then they're going to be on summer break. So fine. You know, luckily the wife works from home all but one day. So it's going to be, uh, that's all going to be a challenge. So um, hats off to everyone out there struggling with this. You're not alone. Just keep plugging away. Don't give up. We'll make it. We'll, we'll figure it out. Well, that is for sure. Best of luck, Nick. I, I think there's, there's there's good things trying to find you. I hope so. Yep, and seriously, anybody that needs uh, a designer that, that does great layouts, I've used him. He hasn't charged me enough. <laughs> oh, dude, I charged you plenty of pizza. That was uh, good stuff. Nah, <laughs> that, I love, man, I miss, I miss your pizza truck. Um, uh, you know yeah, who doesn't? Press. You know Printing who doesn't press. miss that pizza truck? You. He's he's right here. Yeah, <laughs> it was good pizza though. Ooh. It was man. He, he he flew in from freaking Texas to I come know. eat your pizza. I know. Well, do you know, you know my 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 uh, my mantra on pizza is 
any pizza that somebody somebody makes for me is better than a pizza I make for myself. <laughs> oh yeah, that that goes for just about any meal. Yep. <laughs> any food at all. <laughs> Your fries taste better than mine. You're, <laughs> I'm I, I make a pretty good goulash, but that stuff you made for me, yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I got Nick to eat vegetables. Right. I don't know, Clay. Were we doing any of those pizzas when when you were were there? We did a summer succotash with with corn and tomatoes and, and bell peppers like, and gouda the cheese. The pizza that that goat sticks cheese. in my mind was pretty traditional, Ben, but it was yeah. so good. I mean, it was. Dude, I think dude, it dude. was a. I, I think it really was. It was a some kind of you know cured pepperoni style and yeah. just the perfect crust and you know that you know great uh you know fresh mozzarella and right out of the oven and just couldn't be better i I would have never eaten that pizza if you hadn't made it ben (laughs) if i hadn't felt obligated that you know what ben made this cool pizza i dude i was so surprised that that pizza was so good (laughs) Yep. I couldn't I that that I liked it. It was like there's no way I'll try it, but I'm not going to like this pizza. Well, Deborah oh, Deborah was the same way. My wife was the same way, so the uh yeah, I, I surprised people with some of those, but uh, <laughs> anyway. we'll get back to it. Once we get the pool done, we'll we'll put a pizza oven in, so not on a trailer. And I'm wait. not charging money for it, so <laughs> So what's it what's it like to pick up your son after he's been on tour in the Coast Guard? Well, when you haven't seen him forever, it's sort of funny, you know, having an adult son that's in the military. It is a very different world than you know car seats. And but i i made this I made this commitment that I felt like anytime my son deployed, um, he should have somebody on the pier waiting for him when he got home. Um, it just seemed like the right thing to do. And because they, they sacrifice a lot and that underway time is I'm learning is an extraordinary, arduous, tough time. And, and our service members do incredible work on our behalf. So I figured the very least I could do is like, somebody should be there. The funny thing is, is like the 22 year old guy, like his dream of coming into port is not seeing his middle-aged dad holding a sign. You know, it's like your rights here. Sign that I always carry, and I embarrass him, and I know that all the shipmates are just like, "Hey, Wilson," (laughs) or actually, Mister Nichols, Ensign Nichols. I think your dad is down there, and he'll come out on the the you know the out on the bridge wing, and he'll see me, and he'll be like, "Hey, Dad." But it's just a little, it's something that I, I committed to doing, seeing a 400 foot uh, Coast Guard cutter come in, you know, with your son on the bridge is something that I highly recommend. I think it's a very moving thing. It is impressive when your uh, adult kids, you know, start to do these kind of things. And, you know, ultimately, I'll just say this, that I spent some time with uh, young people that are, you know, 22 and 23 years old young officers that that serve in in that capacity in our armed services and these are good good people and it will renew your faith in 
in, in young people and what patriotism can mean and the work that they're willing to do and do on our behalf every day, not necessarily going to, to war, but serving as guardians. And it made me happy and hopeful. And I was glad to buy them a beer and listen to their goofy stories because they're pretty funny and cute young people. Yeah. But you know, dude, I, I'm sure it embarrasses the shit out of him and his, his buddies give him hell for it. But dude, that's fucking awesome. That is a great commitment from, you know, that's something he is going to tell his kids and his grandkids, you know, your grandfather met me every time I came home, you know, every time I was out, when I came back to port, he was there with this stupid sign and I caught hell for it every time, but he was there every time. That is fantastic, dude. Don't you dare let him guilt you into his embarrassment being no, for you to he's not. He's way know. too nice. He's too nice a guy. He's too good a kid to to ever, you know. He he lets me know that some of my Instagram and social posts are a little bit much that his friends. But really, it's incredibly gracious. And, you know, it's the things I'm lucky to be able to do it. I'm grateful that it's worked, even in the middle of a pandemic, because we've been lucky to also get immunized. But I don't I don't regret that choice. I, I feel good about it. And, you know, there are times when you there's stuff that you just decide that you're just going to do, you know? Yeah. And I could tell I, I, I wouldn't want to embarrass him. But I could tell there was a moment where he was appreciating that there was someone there for him that day. And there will come a time when you will not be able to be there because you are gone and dead. (laughs) And when he comes back into port again, here, here I go taking it into a dark turn, but there will be a time when he comes back to port where somewhere where you have been before and you've been standing there with that damn sign. And that is going to be heartbreaking for him because he is, he's going to remember that he's going to have well, loved that every time. Now I've not- said that, I think my commitment is that someone will be there. It will be me until there's someone that he would like to see better than me. <laughs> <laughs> and there are, and I have to say, there are some beautifully heartwarming moments and you you've seen you know a lot of people have seen these on social media where it's the families but this is a much more mundane this is just like the average patrol they were gone for 71 straight days a lot you know wilson's a young single guy there are a lot of people on that boat that are family folks coming home and their wives and kids their their parents their friends are waiting for them there and i just i wish that every single person on that boat had that experience. And I wish, you know, it's, it's cool to see unfold. And I wish it was, I wish it was uh, true for every service member. Yep. That's an awesome commitment. Keep doing that. Keep embarrassing the hell out of them. I plan on. Embarrassing oh, I'm, oh, I'm yeah. Being embarrassed. Like, <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. I thought it would be so hard because I'm so cool, but really um, right? it's quite, it actually comes quite, quite naturally. Yeah. I don't have to do anything. All I have to do is be. Yeah. Amazing. We just have to be there, and we will embarrass the shit out of them. Yeah. Next time, you should show up with thirty babies.
That would do it. I can show you my sign. You want to see it? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to Nick Dawson and Clay Nichols and their awesome families for sharing them with us today. Ask Dad Labs is produced and edited by me, Ben Fote, and Fote Media Productions, LLC. Like, follow, subscribe, and share across the social media landscape, wherever you find Dad Labs. Talk to you next time.